0: You're listening to the best of Halford and Brough. <laughs>
1: You're listening to Halford and Brough.
2: Kind of a weird thing to come out and admit it, but...
1: You know, he
3: uh,
2: blatantly said that you know it was for what happened. I don't think that's what's what's selling your game for your biggest stars, your skilled players. You're saying, okay, if you're a young player coming up, be ready because this could happen to you at
4: any point. Yeah, it could. Both you score. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Thursday. Happy Thursday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Brough. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintex Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Hey, dog. Good morning to you. Good morning. laddie. good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Halford and Brough of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer. Today, we are in hour one of the program. Hour one is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. Uh, we are dressed the same again. We're wearing a lot of green. Yeah, and What's black hats. Black hats, here? green. You've got a green t-shirt on. I've got you guys need to coordinate for the show they are yeah. different shades, though. Mm. Different shades, different hues of green.
3: Why are we wearing so much green? You just need to text know. each other what you are like, wearing. The night before, it's like St. Like, Patrick's my Day outfit. Here. Make sure you don't wear the same outfit as me. No,
4: we won't do. We probably won't. Do. I don't it's like not using not the word that. outfit so much. Yeah, no, yeah. Not no. Do that. you guys don't
2: Facetime in the morning and you coordinate your,
0: your
3: look. I've
4: never Facetime, Jason.
0: <laughs> nor will I. I don't care for Facetime. We are coming to you live from the Kintec Studio. Uh, kintech Canada's favorite orthotics provider powered by thousands of five-star Google
4: reviews. Sore feet. What are you waiting for? kintech that's what you're waiting for. Yeah. we got a big show ahead on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. It's a four-guester today. It was almost a five-guester, but it's a four-guester. First guest, 630. Former NHL goalie, now an analyst with NHL Network. Devin Dubnik is going to join the program. Laddie is super stoked. Was he one of your favorite goalies ever? Just say um, yes. He's, yeah, he's up there con- yeah, 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 yep, of, yep, yep. of that Number generation, one. sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh Doobie, Canadian boy. Doobie, as they call him, is going to join us. We're going to talk about all things goaltending from across the National Hockey League. Are you going to call at him 6:30. that? Doobie? Doobie. Probably not. I don't know him <laughs> personally. Doobie, um, even after being retired, is still expected for
0: to start for Canada at the
4: Olympics. So this is, okay, I'm glad you mentioned Dubnik and starting, <laughs> because in doing my diligent research last night for the show, I was trying to harken back to maybe some stories that we could ask him about with the Canucks lean. Sure. One of them was that he used to be coached by now Canucks assistant coach, but former Minnesota Wild head coach, Mike Yo. Okay. Mike Yo once started Devin Dubnik for 38 consecutive games. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember the streak. I remember writing about it when we were pro hockey talk. So I'm Googling away last night. And what do I find? A story about the streak written by Jason Bruff. Who was the backup there? or Was it like a cardboard box or something that they couldn't put in? <laughs> <He was> like, <laughs> like Seriously. My boy's a box. Wow. Great save by the box. <laughs> uh, anyway, Devin Dubnik. We'll ask him about the box at 630. Seven o'clock. Thomas Drance is going to join us. Why is he coming on so early? Is he in St. Louis right now? No, he's at the airport. He's just hanging out at the airport. Yep. Like that guy in the terminal. Yeah. Yeah. He lives there. Tom
3: Hanks. Yeah. In the movie called The Terminal?
4: That's the one. Thomas is going to join us at 7 o'clock ahead of the Canucks and Blues, which is tonight, 5 o'clock, uh, from the Enterprise Center in St. Louis uh, at 7.32 32. Note the start time. He was very specific about this. 7.32. Some guys are busier than us, right? When they have to schedule things like this. I've never scheduled anything for 7.32 in my life. I swear to God, if
3: you call me at 7.31, (laughs) I'm going to lose it.
4: That man, Jeremy Rutherford, from The Athletic, Blues beat writer. He will join us to talk about tonight's opponent. They are now eight games into the Drew Bannister era. I had to look up a couple times. Who is St. Louis head coach? It is Drew Bannister. Uh, 7.32, Jeremy Rutherford is going to join the program at 8 o'clock. Nick Shook is going to join us from NFL.com. We will do a little NFL talk ahead of the final weekend of the regular season. Do some Seahawks talk. The Seahawks had three players make the Pro Bowl yesterday. All of them play defense, which is weird because their <laughs> defense is terrible. Yeah, Witherspoon made it. Bobby Wagner made it. And Julian Love,
0: who I thought had a really good end to the season. Not yep. so much the start to the season, but...
4: No one on offense? No. There's a bunch of uh, alternates on offense, like eight of them. Oh, so if okay. someone gets hurt, there's a bunch of Seahawks that have been named to be in line. Like, is DK K- one? Like uh, DK, yeah, mu- DK yeah. must be... Kenneth Walker.
0: But Yeah.
4: Kenneth Walker. Is Kenneth Walker their best player now? I think uh, he is. Like, or, I think he's their best player. Him or DK, probably. DK's yeah. had a pretty... I mean, aside from all the, the stupidity with the penalties, he's mm. had a pretty good year statistically. Anyway, working in reverse on the guest list, 8 o'clock, it's Nick Shook. 732, it's Jeremy Rutherford, 7 o'clock, it's Thomas Durant. 630, uh, Devin Dubnik. That's what's happening on the program today. Laddie, let's tell everybody what happened.
0: Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. what happened? I missed all the action because
3: I was We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed, you missed that? What?
4: What Happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance. Making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.ca. I should also mention what's happening and what happened. It's kind of in that weird in-between because it's already underway. Uh, One of the semifinals from the World Juniors featuring... All of the Canucks prospects on Team Sweden. That is underway right now, so we'll keep tabs on that throughout. Uh, Just getting underway a few moments ago, so we'll keep tabs on that throughout. And
0: congratulations to Germany, which
4: was not relegated because they beat Norway in overtime. Good for them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, The Vancouver Canucks. Yesterday was indeed a travel day as the team embarked onto St. Louis ahead of a seven-game road swing that we'll see them go through St. Louis, New Jersey, New York twice, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and then finally the winter hotspot known as Columbus. Uh, they will have a pregame skate this morning, 9.30 our time, followed by media availability. Puck drop is then at 5 o'clock. You'll hear the call right here on Sportsnet 650 between the Canucks and the Blues. Uh, as for the no, the actual news from yesterday, uh, Linus Carlson, as many expected, including yourself, was recalled from AHL Abbotsford to take the place of the injured Phil Giuseppe. On the roster, yeah, it's an interesting
0: trip. All these teams uh, have a certain angle to them. St. Louis just went through a coaching change, so uh, we'll see what the new look Blues uh, look like. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, who have a couple of Hughes boys on there, um, Luke Hughes is playing pretty well. He was one of the stars of the week uh, a little while ago, I think. Um, and the Devils have given the Canucks all sorts of trouble over the last few years. The New York Rangers. One of the best teams in the NHL. I'm really curious about this one because uh, I'm still not sure if the Rangers are for real, right? I just I I don't know. I'm I'm probably unconvinced about them. Kind of. Wow, they've got more they've got more of a proven concept than the Canucks. But just how well they've started this season, I think for me personally, is just a little bit of a surprise. The New York Islanders. I don't know if a game against Bo Horvat's team is interesting anymore, but the Islanders are in a playoff spot. So, uh, that's going to be a tough trio of games through New Jersey, New York, and New York. And then you go to Pittsburgh, which I I can't figure out what's going on with the Penguins. One game, they look good. The next game, they look awful. You know, they fall for nothing down to Washington, fight back to make it four, three. So you're kind of like, well, mostly bad, but some good, I suppose. Um, Buffalo, Sad club brethren, still sad in Buffalo. And then Columbus, I don't know if there's anything interesting about Columbus other than they've been maybe the most disappointing team in the NHL this season. So an interesting seven-game road trip for the Canucks.
4: And uh, it's going to be a test. There's a combination of really
0: good teams and pretty bad teams.
4: Yeah, so with regards to lineup and who will come, I'm assuming it's going to be Nils Omondra's Back in, Carlson goes to the press box. It doesn't sound like DiGiuseppe is going to play for quite a while. Uh, There hasn't been any confirmation on exactly what the injury is, aside from Rick Tockett saying that it was a lower body injury following the win over Ottawa a couple of nights ago. Um, And then you look ahead to the Blues, and we'll spend most of the time later in the show talking with Jeremy Rutherford uh, about... We'll talk, uh, talk to Jeremy Rutherford later, and we'll look at this Blues team, as Jason mentioned. Uh, five and three under Drew Bannister since the coaching change, so we'll keep an eye on that. And look ahead as to uh, news and notes about tonight's game. Who's going to get the start net, Joel Hofer or Jordan Binnington? So that's the Canucks story as we move along. Last night in the National Hockey League, relatively light night, just a pair of games. Uh, although, one of them rather interesting. We had Austin Matthews scoring his 30th goal and the overtime winner last night as the the Maple Leafs uh, took 57 shots on net and Lucas Dostal, did I pronounce that right, Laddie? Lucas Dostal in net for the Ducks, 55 saves, a franchise record. Here's what it sounded like, Austin Matthews, game winner in overtime as the Leafs beat the Ducks 2-1 at the Honda Center on Wednesday night. Overtime game winner earlier this year. Here's
2: Riley with the puck. Gets it to Marner in a good spot. Matthews scores.
3: It's a game winner. And number 30 for Austin Matthews. And the Leafs win back-to-back in Southern California.
0: So I have a trivia question for you guys. The Leafs have played 36 games. Mm -hmm. How many games have they won in regulation? I'm
4: going to say 10. It's 11. Oh, so close.
0: 36 games, 11 wins in regulation, and yet...
4: They got a pretty good record. They had a tremendous record.
0: <laughs> they're 19, 10, and 7 uh, with 45 points. So they're not that far off what the Vancouver Canucks have with 51 points. And yet the Canucks have 23 regulation wins. So the Toronto Maple Leafs have won four games in overtime and four more in the shootout.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, are they good or bad? bad. I got a question for Laddie. Is Martin Jones good or bad?
2: Uh, He's he's probably not as good as he has been the last little bit, but he's, it's exciting to see. I'm, he's a good dude. I mean, I'm happy to, to see him that. Back to back, that's pretty yeah. impressive
0: to do that. He, who's, who's the young guy they got? Hildeby. Okay, because there was the a lot of discussion in Toronto about whether or not Hildeby should have started last night. Uh, I think a lot of people want to see him just out of interest, but I think they just made the decision like, Martin Jones played pretty well. Let's do it again. I
2: think if you're the Leafs, you just go with whoever's the hot hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you got to get goaltending somehow and they're getting it from Martin. Do Jones. You,
0: will the Leafs do something about their goaltending or do you think they're just going to wait for wool to get healthy and back? And even then, even then is it a risk because this is a young guy who's still learning the league. And are you, are they really going to be like, let's say Samson They've, Pretty much written off, right? Like they don't expect him to be um, a key player for them. If, if, if they, you know, they basically given him the week off to be like, just like go yeah. chill or something. I don't know, do whatever because you're terrible right now. Um So let's say they don't assume that he's going to be a factor.
2: I need someone to tell me that every once in a
4: while.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. just but take a week just, off. Just go You've take a terrible. week off. You're terrible. <laughs> you're not a um, factor. But like, is that? How big of a risk, in your opinion, in your goalie expert opinion, would that to be to say, okay, we're going to wait for this young kid to get back, and then you're probably going to be the guy?
2: I just think from a depth perspective, they need a bit more. Uh, I do, but I believe in Joseph Wall. I think he could be a starter. I think he's already capable. I think he could have been a capable guy for them in their playoff runs in the last couple of years, if not for injury.
4: What are they going to do? Who are they going to get? Has anyone anyone looked at the goalie market? Everyone's like, it's flush. I'm like, yeah, it's flush with crap. Trey Living is pretty proactive, though.
2: I feel like if there's a guy that's going to do it, he'll probably be the guy. I have more confidence that he'll do something rather than if Dubas was still there. Do you think the Preds
0: would trade Soros? I think they will. That's the dream for a lot of these teams that don't have – they're not Solid rushing control, to do it though. They're they're right. going to
2: wait for the right package. They don't need to move Saros. Like but, do you think the Preds
0: yeah. care all that much about making the playoffs this year?
4: It's Barry Trotz. He loves winning hockey games. Yeah, I but don't...
0: he but yeah, but he's in charge and he knows that they need to rebuild there. They need they need assets. They need to they need to draft for the future. So he knows I what it takes wonder... to
2: make the Stanley Cup final and I think he knows that that roster probably doesn't have it. So right. Why would he rush things?
0: So the Preds are currently in the
4: first wild card spot. That's that's the other thing that complicates things, right? Yeah. What if they hang on? Right. You're not going to trade Sorrows while you're like in a playoff. But they
2: have squad. a perfect like person to come in. Askarov is right there, so it's not like they would be just void of goaltending mm-hmm. if they got rid of Sorrows. have somebody? Can we
4: also bring up the thing we always bring up? Is that the trade deadline goalie acquisition hardly ever works out?
0: Right. That's got- why you should do it early and get them get the guy acclimated to
4: the team and the system and the players in front of him. like them. if Toronto was to go get Jake Allen or is everyone like, Oh good. They've solved their goaltending <laughs> no, problem. Well, like, I, no, it's going to be the same not. questions going in. And then you go down the list of Mackenzie Blackwood. Well, you want your, Jack go- Campbell, you want Eric your goalie, Combrey. you want your goalie baked
2: into your defensive system, right? Mm-hmm. You want the defensive system to complement your goaltender's skills. And if you bring in a totally new guy out of the blue, it kind of throws things into disarray a little bit.
4: Um, the other score from last night that does have some relevance locally because the Canucks will be going to uh, New Jersey on Saturday. Uh, Nico Heischer, two goals and assist. Devils beat the Caps 6-3 uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, the Devils are a very talented hockey team. They have won four of five. It's just... They had that stretch where guys got hurt and they were a bit ineffective. Otherwise, they'd be higher in the standings. But I fully expect them to well, be a too. playoff team once this thing is all said and done. Interesting note last night. Max Pacioretty made his Washington Capitals debut. First game he's played in nearly an entire year. Last time was January 19th of 2023. And he missed because he's repeatedly torn his Achilles. He didn't Aaron, been, Ro-
2: Aaron Rodgers it and come back in uh, eight weeks. You know, he took
4: his time. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be healthy. I think I'm going to come back when the team needs me. And he played uh, just under 12 minutes. So good on Max Petrietti yesterday. I forgot he was with Washington. Yeah, well, I mean, it was such a low-risk gamble for them. He signed Mm -hmm. a one-year, $2 million deal. And they were like, if he can come back, great. If not, you know, whatever. And. They've kind of quartered the market on those guys. They got Ethan Bear, too. That's right. You know what? Just take your time. (laughs) We're not going anywhere until Ovechkin breaks the record. So if you want to come back and play, good. If you want to take your time, take your time. Every
0: time I see a Washington Capitals game, like on my phone, on my. Score update or whatever. I the only thing I look for did Ovi score. That's the only thing I care about. Two assists last chance. night. No goals. No goals. No yeah. goals last He's, night. Yeah. Come on, Ovi. No, don't pass the puck. Just keep shooting, buddy.
4: If he doesn't score, Alex Ovechkin probably won't make the All Star game. And I mention this because today the NHL is going to announce the first thirty two players that will participate at this year's All Star game. Now, the only reason I bring this up is previous years I wouldn't have mentioned it as it pertained to the Vancouver Canucks. I'd be like, they got a customary got to go. He's going to go and talk about how bad the team is or when Bruce is going to get fired. That's or, not a lot or of or in fun. the
0: case of Radim Verbata, he's going to go
4: and nobody's going to talk to him. This it was the craziest year that year. <laughs> we went it was in Columbus, I think. It was the 2015 All-Star game and it was the it was the year one of the Radim Verbata experience where he was scoring goals mm-hmm. and a really good clip for the guy. Like Canucks. he deserved to be there. Sure, but it was I could not like all due respect to the guy cuz he was a good NHLer and he was good when he was here, mm. but I could not have thought of a a less underwhelming all-star selection than redeem verbata from the Vancouver Canucks like no one yeah. was at his podium when it was media no, big no, big no, no. He, didn't, he didn't get a podium he got a little table He, he got a, actually, he got a you know what? Ta- got a bar table so got a bar table do you remember that, yeah. that like the,
0: the the big players like Sid we'll get a big podium yeah. and if PK Subban was there of course he'd get a podium cuz mm-hmm. he loves that sort of stuff um and but and Radim Verbata got he got the bar table that's right and like the guys from Vancouver the reporters from Vancouver just went up and were like hey man
4: Hey, what's up <laughs> what's up
0: horvat you know what i was Hor- your flight horvat got the same experience when he made the all-star game in when it was down in LA yeah like, you
4: got to remember, it's. Who is this young man here? He's very polite. The name of the game, All <laughs> Stars. There are a lot of stars in attendance. Yeah. So it's hard to get mic time. It's hard to get in front of a camera. There's a lot of other guys hogging it. Well, like that Zuban character.
0: Different. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you love that stuff.
0: Different story for the Canucks this season. Uh, I was on with Kipper and Bourne yesterday, and they were asking me about. You did Toronto radio? Yeah, I did. It's not Winnipeg um, Radio. He's gonna I going to mention this for radio. the next couple weeks. No, I'm not. It's just, it, it came up. It came up. <laughs> And I didn't expect to be asked about the All Star game. And I kind of was like, I don't, I I can't remember the format. How many players yeah. go? What? And is they the said, All-Star like, game? which which, which Canucks uh, have to go. And I said, you know, like, there's a bunch. There's uh, obviously Five. A, a bunch of candidates that could go there. But the, the guarantee, the one that absolutely has to be there is Quinn Hughes. Yep, has to right. be there. And I think um, when he is there, he is going to be one of the more prominent players and participants
4: in the all-star weekend probably get a podium
0: he's He's podium he's he's not a bar
4: he's not a bar table guy but so what's going to happen today is 32 players meaning one from every single nhl team is going to be announced today and then there's not a lot of spots left after that and it comes down to fan voting so although the you could make an argument that there should be five canucks there right should be hughes Petterson, Besser, Miller, and Demko. Dakota Joshua, and Dakota and, and Joshua. Don't go, sorry. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, six. Yeah. You know, I think you could genuinely make that argument. Thing is, is there might only be one or two, mm-hmm. and someone's going to get snubbed. Who which do you think that'll bad. be? Sorry, who the second will be? Who will,
3: who will be the snub is Petterson. Oh, can I? Can the I? I biggest... gar-
0: can I guarantee you that Petey's like, please don't choose me.
3: I <laughs> bet he he's not. Yeah. Want he to does.
0: There's no way he wants to go down. He there probably won't though. And like... face the media. And all the questions will be about his contract because the reporters, having done this before, you basically go down there and go, "Okay, um, who's worth talking to for newsworthy yeah. reasons?" Right? And of course, Peterson would be yeah. worth talking to. Peterson be worth talking to more for newsworthy reasons than Quinn Hughes. Yeah. And you go to Quinn Hughes, and you're like, "You're the captain now." He's like, "Yeah." Okay, and, nice to see you're you later. Playing, And you're and you're playing well. He's like. Yeah, and the team's playing well. Mm-hmm. Yep. I sure yep. am, boss. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite color? Petey is just like, hey, team's
4: playing well. Yeah, they are. Are you going to stay? <laughs> <laughs> Next question.
3: Um, what do you I, think of the city and the fans, Pedersen?
4: Well, and then the Chicago thing. So I think here's the interest. I think it's
3: Pedersen and Besser that get snubbed, and it's Miller, Demko, and Hughes that would go. I don't think Miller's getting there either. Well, no, I'm, I don't know if three guys will go. I'm just saying if three guys went, I think it's going to be Hughes, and I think it's going to be Demko. Yeah, that's,
4: I, I agree. And in what, in however order that happens. Now, not having Besser there would be weird because how many All Star games have there been where the third leading goal scorer right? in the league mm-hmm. isn't there? I mean, and he's firmly in that. You know, at least you could say with Pedersen, it's like, well, he's not the leading point getter on the team. It's not the leading goal scorer on the team. He's twelfth in the NHL. He's having a great year. Yeah, but it's not like this egregious snub that no. he wouldn't go. But I mean, again. If you look at it, like, leaving Besser out would be kind of crazy because it goes, Austin Matthews, who now leads with 30 goals, he's going to score 70 this year, I think, which is kind of crazy. Kucherov and then Besser. So, yeah. if you look at it, you're saying, well, he should go. He just probably won't at the end of it. On the out-of-town
0: scoreboard, Czechia. Again, Czechia. Lucky. Uh, they're up one nothing. On the Swedes, uh, with about uh, 11 minutes left in the first.
4: Uh, I did mention earlier before we go to break here, we got Devin Dubnik coming up at 6.30. Uh, Big guest list today is we're going to preview the Canucks and Blues. We're going to go both sides. 7 o'clock, Thomas Trantz from the Canucks side of things. 7.32, it's Jeremy Rutherford. But we are going to do some NFL stuff as well. But I mentioned earlier in the show, off the cuff, that the Seattle Seahawks, who are still somehow alive, in this playoff, Chase. By the way, we haven't really discussed this. This is the second consecutive year where the Seahawks' fate is going to be largely decided by the Green Bay Packers and whether they win in the final week right. or not, right? Because that's what I remember. I feel like, like the Bears have a really good chance of winning that game. Well, you remember what they're happened. Very, they're very motivated to win that you, game. You remember what well? happened last year with Aaron Rodgers' final game with the Green Bay Packers? Was They fell short against the Detroit Lions, mm-hmm. and that allowed the Seahawks to go into the playoffs. And then get demolished in the playoffs, which I feel like is going to be the exact same thing that's going to happen this year. Probably. It's pretty close, right? We have the the – At
0: least they wouldn't – if they do make it, and there's probably like a one in four chance of them making it. If they do make it, they won't have to play the Niners. Right,
4: which is great because the Niners will blow them apart. But look, the reason I bring this up is that Sunday could very well be the final game that Bobby Wagner plays for the Seattle Seahawks. But it's not going to be the final game that Bobby Wagner is going to play. Wagner confirmed to our good buddy ESPN's Brady Henderson that he is 100% coming back to play football in 2024. The question is now, will the Seahawks bring him back and should the Seahawks bring him back? On paper, it kind of makes sense. The guy was a Pro Bowl linebacker for them. He did lead the team in solo tackles with 92. Now, here's the thing. If you're the best tackler on the worst tackling team in the NFL... Is that a good thing? Because the Seahawks run defense and defense in general this year has been tough to watch. I'm kind of How many missed tackles did he have? I don't have the number in front of me. No, I know, I know,
0: but I, I think it's sometimes it's misleading to to say like he had a lot of tackles, so obviously Everything's great about him, right? Like, put it, put it there, this way: there, there, there's more to there, the, one of the reasons he had so many the tackles is because the Seahawks' defensive line let him get there.
4: Put it this way: in the research that I, the diligent research I did, googling, you watch your a name, lot of tape, yeah, I ate a bunch of tape last night. Yeah. I am full. No, I went and looked at like the Seahawks' echo chambers that are out there, including like field goals and mm, stuff right. like that. Right? That's a good blog. Yeah, it is very good. Yeah. Um, they did not; no one was ready to put the tackling issues at the feet or I guess hands of Bobby Wagner. No, I'm not yeah. suggesting
0: that I'm yeah. suggesting that because he had so many tackles that might suggest a uh, problems elsewhere. It's like, Oh yeah. That it's, was it's, a it's, general it's, consensus. Yeah. It's, right? it's like, you know, you got a goalie. He's made a lot of saves. It's like, yeah, but you know, that doesn't, you know, like that's cause he's got a lot of shots. How yeah. many did he let in?
4: Yeah, well, so uh, we'll see what happens there. I did mention earlier, though. It's the, uh, Wagner, uh, So all defensive players. Wagner, Julian Lovin. Crazy, man. Devin Witherspoon made the Pro Bowl. He deserved to, though. Yeah. He's that good. His numbers don't jump off, and he missed a few games because of injury, but yeah. he's really good, and I mean, if you're going to look at shining lights moving forward, that's what I'm... Now here's, now, here's where I do the house of negativity on you. This is the second consecutive year that the Seahawks have had a rookie cornerback go to the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Last year... It was Reek Woolen, right? And he's followed that up with not the best campaign I've ever seen. Let's just no. put it that way. So hopefully Devin Witherspoon can avoid that. He phase. was he was really good at getting getting stiff armed. Yes. <laughs> yes, repeatedly. That I might was have. his expertise this year. You're
0: listening to the best of Halford and Bruff. You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff.
1: What we just have to call Thomas trance erotica. Thomas Trans Erotica.
3: Course.
1: Thomas Trans Erotica.
3: Expected goals.
1: Thomas Trans Erotica.
3: Dog model.
1: Thomas Trans Erotica. Rush. Thomas
4: Trans Erotica. Seven oh one, On a Thursday We gotta get a uh, sexy PDO in there You have to say it slower Say P-D-O You need to enunciate the letters P-D-O. as well P-D-O
3: Yeah, it sounds like you're saying P-D-O. Oh, that was really wow. good, right? Yeah
4: Clip it. P-D-O <laughs> <laughs> You gotta emphasize the D, but P-D-O
0: And then the O has to sound i
3: like got gonna have to label this hour with explicit o- content Yeah,
4: right <laughs> Have the little, like, panther on yeah. <laughs> top of it. Can we get you, you,
2: you to say it once more without the music bed playing in the background?
4: We can do this, like, at the so break. We can clip it. <laughs> can no, do let's this. do it live. Yeah, let live. Head. We don't have to record our show quiet, while on quiet. air.
0: We're in the studio here.
4: We are. We're cooking.
0: Oh. <laughs> nah, I didn't like it.
4: I liked my first one more. <laughs> what an artist. <laughs> um, okay, you are listening... Yeah, this is the Halford & Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. <laughs> Halford & Brough for the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Thomas Drantz, patiently waiting on hold. i will have to wait a little longer. I need to tell you that hour two of this program is brought to you by Primetime Craft Beer. Meticulously brewed for quality and taste, Primetime Craft Beer is full flavor without compromise. Uh, it's at a liquor store near you, or you can visit the brewery to see how it's made. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech, Canada's favorite
0: orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews, sore feet. What are you waiting
4: for? Kintech, that's what. Let's go to the phone lines. Thomas Drance from The Athletic and Canucks Talk joins us now on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Drancer? Gentlemen,
1: doing well. I'm uh, at, at the airport, about to fly to New York. Should be an interesting Canucks road trip, which obviously starts tonight in Missouri. Uh, a trip that I or a destination on this road trip that I was happy to skip.
4: I was going to say, it feels like someone's <laughs> avoiding St. Louis.
1: Yeah, it's just hard to get to. Yeah, I've I've gone to St. Louis if I could fly direct, but also not a not a shame that I'm missing downtown St. Louis. Not going to lie with you,
0: Dranser. What is the uh, NHL record for PDO, and are the Canucks going to break
1: it? Um, I mean, I, I I don't have it off the top of my head, but I do know that through like this point of the season. At 5-on-5 five five anyway, yeah, this is the highest we've ever seen. Um, are they going to break it? Well, if <laughs> what we saw on Tuesday is any indication, yes. Like, yes. I mean, you couldn't have had more pucks pinball into the net. Um, you know, a, a dump attempt that the goalie permits uh, to get behind them. You know, uh, a, a legit double-doink point shot. No one, no one intending to be in the way of that necessarily shot was going well wide initially, um, you know, a, a stanchion bounce to an open net. I mean, truly remarkable stuff, especially given sort of the random distribution of pucks, finding the back of the net that have, that has benefited this team to this point. I mean, w- you know, we've seen so many like rush unscreened rush rush shot goals. And, and, you know, it's one thing if they're Pedersen goals, right? It's another thing if it's Lafferty Hoaglander, Right, mm-hmm. like it, it, you know um, the deflections like there they're, it's not all noise, right, like this team is doing the work to get inside, they are controlling play, like they're holding the puck for a long series of time in the offensive end. They do have dynamic shooters, but you know the i mean that that game almost reached a point of parody, like I was sitting in the press box laughing as some of these goals got scored, um you know. It, it was one of those games where it felt like, hey, maybe maybe they very much can keep getting away with it.
0: And yet, at the same time, they played really well in that first period.
1: Okay, you don't think they did? I think they, it's Ottawa man. Like, yeah, they did. I don't know what, what, what we give, we give, um, we give medals or something for ten minutes of good hockey. Like, I don't understand.
0: Uh, I, don't I think understand you I think, I think you can. I think you can say that they they played well and they responded and that's something that they've done well all season. They've only lost two games in a row twice all season and I think that's something they should I mean, be credited to. Team, hmm? No sure,
1: but that sure but we, we should be at a point where the expectation is that you'll beat the Senators. Like right. I'm I'm there. Right. I'm there with them, you know, like
0: What is your expectation exactly, of this team right now, Jrance? Just well, okay, team. we'll just Drancer, what is your expectation of the of, of this team right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think I was certainly too low on them coming into the season. I think they're a solid playoff team as currently constructed. Like, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think their defensive play is really good. The only thing, the only part of their game that I'm sort of looking at and thinking, you know, I think that's really overheated the five on five offense, right? Everything else I'm, I'm pretty much buying. Like, I think the power play will get back to cooking again. Um, You know, I know the penalty kill has been really good for the last 11 games. I think some of that improvements durable, um you know I, I buy the goaltending I really like the forward depth especially now that they've got Bluger and Pius Suter excuse me lineup <laughs> um I know I always want to refer to him like he's the Pope um <laughs> but uh but, but but I mean I think that level of forward depth you know that like that was my favorite part of their game frankly uh, against Ottawa this week was what it looked like with Hoaglander Suter and Lafferty on the ice I mean just three guys buzzing about all of them can do damage on the counter all clever players um you know that I mean there's not a lot of like I there's a lot of like those top heavy contending teams you know you know, the, that Edmonton style uh roster build where if Hoaglander, Suter, Lafferty was your third line you'd be like hey that could be an x-factor for them mm-hmm. right and they, I mean that's the Canucks second bottom six line Um, And it was one that was sort of like hastily thrown together because they had a bunch of game time decisions. I mean, you know, there are real engines powering this team's game. And I think what's been sort of interesting is when one of them has sputtered, they've had others going. So like the first month of the year, obviously Demko was on an unholy heater and power play one went absolutely nuclear, right? Uh, then they had a month where they sort of regressed. Like Demco actually had a month of play in this season with an eight seventy seven mm-hmm. over the course of a month worth of games, and we didn't even notice um, because large, largely because of the way that Pedersen and Miller were still going. Um, and then and then all of a sudden you had this forward depth, especially the Garland line going nuclear, uh, and sort of carrying the team uh, in addition to the goaltending. As the power play struggled, right? Like this team's got so many outs, so many ways to win games. And and I buy that there are like five core strengths of this team. Well, five core strengths, that's a, that's a big deal. Like that, uh, that's a pretty robust team. That's a team that for me anyway, we don't have to like overly ladle the praise on them for, playing well in the first period against the Ottawa Senators, we should expect them to bludgeon the Ottawa Senators. We should expect them to bludgeon the San Jose Sharks. We should expect them to bludgeon the St. Louis Blues tonight. Like that's clearly the level they're at. I don't think it's like, I'm not trying to be negative when I'm like, oh, well, great. So they, so they outplayed the Ottawa Senators for 15 minutes, super soundly and got a ton of bounces. So it was, it was lopsided. Like that's my expectation. I, I
0: think there's Especially a notion the Ottawa, out there. Drance here. Here's, here's what I think there's a notion of. Okay, about you specifically, that you think that the Canucks uh, are purely just lucky and that if they weren't so lucky, they'd be not an average team, but a bad team. They'd be last season. I think that's the notion that's about you, that that people have about
1: you. That's that's on them. That's not anything I've said. I mean, when there were when this team had that, you know, (laughs) pushed for one hundred and ten PDO in mid November, early November and stuff out-of-market analysts sort of discussing it, I was like, no, I don't think this team's going to regress and be bad. I I do think this team's going to regress and be, like, not elite offensively Mm. five-on-five, especially because, you know, their top six isn't producing a ton five-on-five and doesn't carry play well enough, in my view, um, to really sort of generate that edge consistently. Like, I, I, I do think the goals at evens are going to be problematic for this team. Um, like, I, I, can you tell me what a staple goal looks like for this team right now?
0: Not you at know, five like, on
1: five. No, <laughs> Defl- no. Like Defl- deflected know, like, in by the other team. I don't know. You tell me. Cause, cause this, this is what people, you know, people might tell me to watch the games. Some of those people might be JT Miller. Um, but you can actually see it. You can actually see it. Like, I don't know what a staple goal looks like for this team aside from oh. unscreened rush or a shot or puck bounces twice because of a deflection, it's in the net. And I, you know, I'm sort of watching it shaking my head, being like, at some point, (laughs) if you're too reliant on these, uh, I think you're courting volatility. Um, You know, and and look, I mean, say what you will about, like, the Bruce-there-it-is run, but I knew what a staple goal looked like for that team in terms of the way that they forechecked, in terms of the way that they manufactured. Like, I genuinely don't understand how this team keeps scoring at at this rate given the chances that i see them generating and i actually think it's visible i think if you're paying close attention and watching these games you can actually see it and and just in your mind's eye like feel free to at me on twitter like let me know what what do you think like a staple a staple attacking play is for this team i i I really challenge anyone to let me know because i i don't know
0: When you talk about the strength of the team being its forward depth, um, and then you look at the pending UFAs like Teddy Bluger, who has been way better than I expected him to be. Um, Mm -hmm. Sam Lafferty uh, has been good, and Dakota Joshua, he's a pending UFA. Yeah, um, man, like a big dude who can now. Now he's showing that he can <laughs> score goals and he can kill penalties. Like that guy's going to get a pretty big raise. You've got yep. Ian Cole on the back end, Nikita Zadorov. These guys are all pending UFA's. Tyler Myers, of course, pending UFA. Um, and the fact that you've got Hironik's going to get a big raise. Petey's going to big dude. get a big raise if he if he resigns. Is this the year where? Even if you have some misgivings about the team, is this the year where you could see Jim Rutherford and Patrick Galvin go, guys? This is our chance. We got to go for it here.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I could, and I like. I don't think it's entirely misguided if they do. To be totally honest with you, Um, you know, throw Casey to Smith in there, right? Like, throw the fact that this team's going to need another backup at some point. Um, Look, sometimes the seas part for you, right? And and it certainly feels like look. We've we've all been following this franchise for our entire lives, right? The, you have some listeners, I'm sure, have been listening to the radio as people talk about the Canucks for 50-plus years. Um, when has anyone ever said, you know, it feels like this franchise is really, really fortunate? <laughs> right. Things really seem to be going their way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can you waste that? Can you waste... Uh, you know, 53 years of, of being due all coming together at once. Like, you know, I, I honestly find myself moved by that argument. And yet, you know, I know people will bring up the Jim Rutherford Stanley cup champion, Carolina hurricanes teams. Right. And they should, they should. It's an interesting analogy. Um, you know how how many times did they make the playoffs in the five years stretch around that? And, no, and it was a total blip
4: that that was the reason that I keep bringing it up. It was twenty years ago, but it was just it was an anomaly, right? Like they an went, got on a heater and then he pounced on it, added weight and recce, and then the heater never stopped. I take an
0: anomaly cup. Yeah, I I like anomalies. I, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm, everyone would take an anomaly cup. No yeah. one cares how the sausage gets made if you raise a banner, right? Right. hose hold the parade down, Robson? But you know that that Carolina Hurricanes team had some similarities to like the 1982 Canucks obviously a far better team in a cap era and on and on but like you know they ducked the Red Wings and they ducked the Ottawa Senators right like a lot of their fortune wasn't that they didn't play well or deserve their wins it was that they ducked the best teams in the league on their on their run through the the tournament effectively which which can happen except if you're in the Pacific Division this year right so what does, like, as much as we would all take an anomaly cup, you know, can you count on, like, if if the Hurricanes had fallen short that year, gone all in, and had that five-year stretch, things look awfully different. And, yep. and you do have to be attentive, I think, to those margins, especially given that, you know, to get through the, um, to get even to the conference semifinals, you're going to be playing two of the top five teams, if you're a Pacific Division team, period. And uh, and, you know, I mean, there's there's uh, there's the potential that even if you win the division, you bump into Edmonton, who is also, by the way, a top five team. So uh, to me, anyway, I don't love that analogy. I think it's one that you have to be very careful to use just because, look, I think I think absolutely, without doubt, the Pacific is at the top end, the toughest division in hockey, the toughest bracket. Um, So, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's uh, because you can absolutely see the case for, hey, it's going to be hard to maintain. It's going to be hard for this team to be as good, and certainly it's going to be impossible for them to be as fortunate uh, again next season.
4: Hey, speaking of the Carolina Hurricanes, not the 5 team, but the current one, when you were talking to Rick Tockett following the Senators game the other night, I noticed the back and forth that you guys had was interesting because uh, it was a little bit of a reveal into – the deeper structure and maybe what you were talking about, about the signature goal or the style of and I know you alluded to what Carolina does. And it's interesting because I actually thought that there were components of that against Ottawa in the first period where, yeah, there were a hell of a lot, a lot of lucky bounces, but the positions that the Canucks put themselves in repeatedly sure. to get those bounces, that's where, I don't know if it's Carolina-esque, but there is that sense of, well, if you just keep, uh, sustaining the pressure and maintaining the puck in the offensive zone, things are going to happen. And again, you can kind of pick it up from here, but is that what you were alluding to in a certain way, shape, or form? In a way,
1: I think I'm just trying to grapple with, as this goes for longer and longer, like what what exactly is going on, right? And And sort of the, honestly, the team that I'm most reminded of at this point by the Vancouver Canucks, especially in the event that they... You know, shock me and 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 maintain these sorts of bounces, uh, this sort of elite results, elite goal differential, despite struggling to control play. Because that's sort of where the Hurricanes analogy falls short, right, Mike? Like they don't they don't, don't, they don't play win. Like the Hurricanes. <laughs>
4: yeah. Well,
1: no, but they but they also don't control play like the no, Hurricanes. No, no. Like it's 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 you know, I'd be singing a very different tune if this team was controlling 60 plus percent of shot attempts the way the Carolina Hurricanes do, regardless of game state. Right. Like um, and had done so year over year over year. Right. Like this is a very different like this team, this team converts efficiently in a way that the Hurricanes never have. Right. They, you're right that they don't win in the playoffs, um, but they also generate that sort of balance like that. They generate the preponderance of chances that make it at least conceptually make sense that right. they ever can get sort of hot at the right time. But the team that they honestly remind me of the most is the the Kansas City Royals. Um, I know that's a, that's weird, but it's, it's like I love this. So, that... I love
4: this so much right now. Please continue. Why? Which which year? Which no, Kansas it's such City. Such a great no, poll. The, the Kansas City Royals is amazing. So, those World Series teams,
1: like the teams that were competing year after year, because they played in a way that made like that no one else did. Right? They were able to out the fact that by every underlying metric available to any baseball analyst, and we all talk about how, you know, baseball analytics, the underlying numbers in baseball are like so much more robust in hockey. Well, the Kansas city Royals won the world series and went deep in the playoffs in consecutive years, despite most of these metrics being like, well, they're good at defense. (laughs) That's about it. Like they didn't hit home runs. It was like soft contact with a lot of team speed force other teams into mistakes. And then when you get the lead, you have the best bullpen in baseball. And that lets you, you know, outkick your coverage or as the baseball nerds would have it outperform your Pythag, right? And, and th- it worked. It worked, but it was kind of aberrant. It, it made no sense. The, the betting markets never liked them. Baseball analysts never liked them. Um, the Miami Heat in the playoffs, it would be another one. Like every year they come in, they've got like a negative point differential and then they work the refs so well and they get hot from three and every year they're in the finals do you think um, there's
0: do you think there's something about when a team's on a PDO run that goes beyond luck like yes. like, like there's something of maybe course. it's psychological that's oh, going on like well, how can I, you because because I, I think a lot of people have you know take issue with or I take issue just like it can't just be it just when a team's on a PDO run, and I know, like, even good teams will have a high PDO because they love good finishers and they love good goaltending and they'll be defensively sound, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's naturally that you're going to be above, you know, one in the PDO. Uh, yeah. Uh, like that's just natural. But when when it's on, when it's to this extent, there has to be something. Do you think it's psychological, maybe, that a team just no. believes?
1: No, I literally think it's. Like, I think it is multifaceted, and I think you have to get comfortable with that because I think it's everything. For, I, I think it, it, it's health. Like, I think it's partly health. I think it's the fact that Vancouver's top players, like, their, their biggest injury this season has been Carson Soucy, who's probably going to slot back into the third pair, right? Like, it, it's health. I think partly it's that they came out of the gate, and and I don't think teams were ready for, for various elements of this team's game, especially things like, Hughes and Hironic switch all the time now and that they have this high low action with two defenders who are really good at moving the puck and a ton of guys who can score. I think it's partly like depth forwards, right? Like that's another part of this where, you know, 10 years ago teams converted eight and a half percent of shots, five on five, like clockwork every year. And now actually there are teams that can sustain 10 plus percent over a full season uh goal you know average lead average save percentage has dropped from nine twelve to nine oh three, right? That changes things too. Um I think it's health. I literally think it's that the things that a team does work and the things that a team like Ottawa does don't. Um and and then I think there's confidence, right? There's confidence, there's psychology. I mean I, I think it's all encompassing. Um it's just that it's a long season and over time, you know you can't, you can't lean on the hockey gods just having your back constantly, right? Like, that's, that's the point. Like, no one's saying that these are it, – it's a rule based off of – like, it's a rule of thumb based off of um, the idea or the assumption of relatively fixed percentages at the NHL level because of how good everybody is, especially the goalies. And I think that's a fair assumption, but mm-hmm. – um, but I think the actual reason why it tends to regress, the actual reason why it tends to be a powerful indicator, a powerful gut check of our assumptions based on what we're watching or, or based on current results is that it's actually complicated, that there are so many things that go into it. Not when, it's not one thing. It's not luck purely. It's luck. It's health. It's psychology. It's confidence. It's all of that.
0: Drancer, sometimes I picture you like Christian Bale in the big short, you know, when he's waiting for his uh trade to come through and he's like the market isn't adjusting like he expects <laughs> it to. And he just goes down and he plays the drums and like aggressively. <laughs> Have you got a oh, drum 100%. set yet?
1: No, no. I mean, look, I, I don't take it that personally. Like I honestly don't. <laughs> um, but it is fun. It is fun that the highest PDO team, you know, is like is is a team that i cover having spent a decade tracking these numbers the way i have it's right? amazing
0: um, it's a, i'm, I'm and, loving uh, how this season is 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 playing oh, out so for fun. multiple reasons it's
1: so fun. <laughs> Well, the, mostly mostly for the fact that the canucks are playing good and and it's great to see the market energized it's like you know it's not great to see the secondary market swollen the way it has but like it's good to see people want to talk about hockey want to enjoy hockey you walk into the bars and clearly the game is on. Like yeah, no like the sound
0: on. is even it's on it's at the bars now. On.
1: Yep. Yeah, people The are sound annoyed. is like, back, baby. Like, that's that's what we're here for. That's what we all want. So um, I love to see all of that, and, uh, and I hope it continues. I hope it stays fun. I, I think this is a good team. I just also think this team's had an enormous amount of good fortune, especially at the offensive end of the rink.
4: Drancer, fly safe, my friend. Enjoy the roadie. Enjoy New York, and we'll do this again next week. Thanks, boys. Bye. So, yep, Thomas Drance from the Athletic Vancouver and Canucks talk here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Did
0: you know that Christian Bale actually had to take a two-week crash course on playing the drums in order for, for that, that, that role? one scene? Well, yeah, he's playing pretty aggressively on I don't
4: know. it. I can't, you just CGI that? Can or AI that? CGI. Is that how it works? Is CGI. that how it works? It? Yeah, you just. Can't. You know
0: the scene I'm talking about? Yeah, like when the when he's
4: like he's like the the, the, the market should be moving, but it's just not. You know, I don't think I've ever ever actually watched The Big Short, uh, like sat down and watched it from start to finish. But I, you had like a sports documentary that you had to watch. Instead? No, no, no. It's no. So good. Not...
3: Though. I watched it not too long ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've only seen it twice, but I watched it like a month ago, and man, it's such a good. For movie. some
4: reason, it's been chopped up and into these like little vignette moments because I think that's really what the film is. is it's, mm. it's a collection of asides. Right. I'm gonna get putting on my filmmaker's hat here, beret, smoking a long cigarette, but. Uh, And then it's become really easily digestible through, like, three-minute clips Mm -hmm. on all your video, like, platforms, right? Right. So I've actually – I think I've seen the entire movie in these segments that aren't aligned in the film. Do you understand it? Yeah. I mean, not really.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So confident for a
4: second. Yeah. "Yeah, Not really. No. No no, no idea. Yeah. They lost me at the credits. You short some things. Margot Robbie comes and explains it, and then the movie ends.
0: You're listening to the best of Halford and Bruff.